0: You're listening to K&J Recaps. And welcome back to K&J Recaps. I am Jess.
1: I am Kim. Hi, Jess. Kim.
0: Hi. (laughs) How are you? How's your brain after that episode of Westworld slash the many discussions back and forth (laughs) on Westworld? Uh, (laughs) Okay, so I feel...
1: I feel like this week's episode was a bit of a nice reprieve. It was obviously, you know, a great episode with some good revelations, but um, without the multi timelines that are likely taking place in all of the other episodes, this one felt like a little bit of a breather on my head, um, which was needed because I have been (laughs) obsessing over this show for the past week, and yet I feel like I am Only just discovering things that people on Reddit have been talking about for a couple of weeks now. So um, I think that I am feeling pretty, you know, pretty good about where things stand, but not I don't have any answers, I don't think. Just more questions.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that obviously this show, you know, Jonathan Nolan is kind of famous for this. You know, this is a show that like we've talked about before was put on hiatus so that they could figure this stuff out it's not just a thrown together story um and this is a big part of it and I think I both love and don't love that aspect you know because at some point you're just kind of want to be like okay you'll tell me when you're ready (laughs) you know (laughs) and like I will figure it out then and then the other part of me is like oh my god like what are all of these things so it's great I um I live tweet from our KJ Recaps uh, Twitter handle on Sunday nights and on the Eastern showing of it. And uh, I've never seen such like active live tweeting of a show, you know, and everybody is just like <laughs> collectively responding when big things come up. But I know that we've both gone back and rewatched. We've been chatting via text for most of this weekend on different theories and thoughts and screenshots (laughs) and oh my god uh, the best thing
1: ever is that I'm watching all of the episodes on my phone um so I'm screenshotting everything and then going back and then comparing (laughs) one picture to another picture and Um, It was also hilarious. While while Jess was live tweeting, I was watching, but I was about 30 seconds behind live. So I kept kept texting Jess with like, oh my God, this is going to happen. So first of all, I was 30 seconds behind. If that was going to happen, it had happened for Jess already. (laughs) And then I was more often than not wrong. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop trying to guess what's gonna happen 30 seconds from now
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i know Um, it's like so hard though but and i i mean i love hbo for no commercials but during this show sometimes i'm like a kingdom for my commercial like (laughs) just give me a 30 second headspace break while i think or like rewind something or yeah
1: totally um okay so I did I know that we talked about a couple of these theories at length in our last episode and some of them we kind of threw in right near the end at the end of a long <laughs> podcast so I wanted to circle back really quickly on some of the biggest theories that are circulating and um kind of get your thoughts on where on where you're sitting with them so the first is the multi timeline theory where Logan and William are are in a past timeline, and then Man in Black and everyone from the lab, uh, they're all in present timeline. And that, for me, I think is a done deal. I mean, at this point, I am still seeing on Twitter that some people are not convinced, but I'm 100% in that camp. You?
0: Yeah, I'm with you too. Um, I think there's questions of how many timelines we're seeing. And And then this will tie into another theory that I think you're going to raise in this discussion as well. But if there is someone that we don't know as a host and whoever that might be, yes, at the end of the last episode I threw out there, maybe it's Bernard from the theory that I had read. But if that's someone, then I think we could be additionally fooled because that person also isn't aging the way we expect or we're seeing them, you know untruly or something so there's like there's something happening with that but completely agree there's just too many hints of it there's too much you know crafty editing that after this many episodes you're starting to get a much better sense of and then of course going back and rewatching once you know that timeline in your head it aligns even more
1: for sure so, I'm 100% on board with the multi-timelines, at least two, um, possibly more. Um, but just on the rewatch, uh, there were a couple of things that I picked up that I thought um, was worth mentioning. Um, so, the first is that, although that we know, or at least I, I think that we know that Dolores is on a 24-hour loop, she has the, like, milk bandits that happen every night, Unfortunately, um, yeah. we did see in episode one, actually, there was one night where there was no Teddy and there were no milk bandits. Her parents survived the night. And that was the night that Peter Abernathy found the picture. So, just in looking at the timeline, the way that it was presented to us, and um, I do think that these, you know, two things happen in the same timeline, which was that Peter Abernathy found the picture and then sat on his porch all night looking at it. Milk Bandits never come because at the same time in that park, Walter has gone crazy and is shooting up the whole um, uh, I don't know, saloon or whatever, with the other hosts and whatnot. So um, also the picture that Peter Abernathy found was completely covered. There wasn't like a corner that was sticking out that might have caught his eye. It's like he knew where to look, similarly to when Dolores went out and knew exactly where to look to find the gun. Um, So that was just something that, I mean, it was coordinated in a way, I think, that I hadn't necessarily picked up on earlier.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess... The only other thing I think is that those milk bandits, while they would mostly come to the farmhouse, I do think that it's plausible that there could be other storylines that they could get dragged in on. I mean, that storyline only works either if it's just them or if whoever they're with wants to go to the farmhouse. Um, But I think it's conceivable that sometimes there's probably additional storylines that might get them.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Absolutely. I think you're right. I do think, though, that in this particular instance, so it just so happens that's that why they were. Yes, yeah. that um, it's the same day, if you trust the timeline in this way, that's the same day that Teddy is stopped from going to meet Dolores because there was the guest that remembered him from a past visit. And so he is acting as their guide or whatever. So yeah. Um, That might have been coincidence, but um, I think that there might be a coordination that had happened between Walter and Peter Abernathy going nuts at the same time, like on the same night. Sure. And then the other thing that I just wanted to mention was that although I think there's multiple timelines, I also think that we are seeing repeats like of days within a single timeline if that makes sense. So, for instance, when um, Dolores sees the gun and then doesn't see the gun, I don't know if that's happening within days of each other um, or 30 years apart, but when she sees her new host father killed the night that she ends up killing Rebus and running away, and, and then it flashes to her old host father being killed Like, old and new Peter Abernathy, she, like, remembers the two. Um, Well, Peter Abernathy, the first one, the one that was decommissioned, was only in that role for 10 years, according to Bernard. So her remembering him being killed and then seeing her new host father being killed, like, that, um, that had to have happened within a more current timeline because Peter Abernathy the original host was not her father back when logan and william are in the park does that make sense right um so yeah i guess all of that to say that i think that there are both multiple timelines but then also sort of groundhog day type shots of multiple days within a single current or past timeline that we also have to contend with (laughs) um (laughs) So, all of that to say that multiple timelines, definitely a thing.
0: (laughs) Confirmed. Yeah.
1: Um, You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Um, I'm also 100% on board with William being the man in black. Are you still?
0: Yeah, I am. And the more I went back and watched it again, I just... um, I even think, like, just the characteristics of the actors they've chosen. Like, there's a lot of physical similarities. And, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely still there.
1: Perfect. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I'm continuing to watch with that in mind. Um, I am less convinced about Bernard as host. Okay. So I know that that was something that is um, circulating. It's a pretty popular theory. You had mentioned it somewhat um, briefly in the last podcast. Um, So I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying I'm not 100% there yet.
0: I think to believe that, so that, that theory is very intertwined with Bernard as Arnold. Um, yes. so that, you know, if Bernard is a host, then he is a host that is taking the, like, looks like Arnold basically. Um, right. And so therefore you're getting kind of what I was referring to earlier, which is the fact that you cannot trust the Bernard scenes you're seeing anymore because they might be Arnold. Um, and I, I like that idea and it seems to be very like as of the show to be like that, um, which I think especially raises the scenes where he is talking one on one with Dolores um, because yeah. that doesn't seem like Bernard uh as the character that we know him as this very like steady engineer (laughs) who even in this episode said we're engineers it means the glass was designed wrong or whatever. (laughs) Um like that's his mindset and yet he's telling Dolores, you know, all of these things. Um That makes it to me seem more like that could be Arnold we're seeing in the conversations with Dolores.
1: So are you thinking that the conversations, the one-on-one conversations with Dolores is Bernard as Arnold way back when he's like living in the park? Yeah. Okay.
0: And I am saying that not as my theory, but that is the theory that fleshes out the Bernard as as host theory (laughs) that I have read. Okay. Uh, Which is the one I like the best. Uh, And yes, so it is that... Bernard the actor who plays Bernard is Arnold like that is the same person and the conversations with Dolores where she is clothed and there are discussions about her sentience or what she's thinking and those things are Arnold having that conversation with Dolores um yeah so
1: if we were to kind of like walk through really quickly if we were to present it sort of like in the chronological order So all of the scenes that we have where Bernard is meeting with Dolores is more than 35 years ago when Bernard, sorry, when Arnold is still alive. He's Mm -hmm. living in the park and he is exploring Dolores's um, consciousness, perhaps. His son has already died. She is like his surrogate child Um, The fact that his son died does make sense if it was 30 years ago, because we know that Ford has said that they can cure virtually any disease currently. That's right. And Um, the Man in
0: Black is some sort of life-saving foundation. Right. Yeah.
1: So he tells Dolores to look for the maze. And then, question mark, question mark, question mark, something (laughs) happens, Arnold's dead, then Logan and William show up to the park and Dolores is back in her loop. So Dolores has, like, um, she has essentially gained some level of consciousness when she, she is with Arnold. But then three years later, whatever it is, she is gaining consciousness again with Logan and William. Has she found the maze in between?
0: So I would say she finds it. Whatever is gonna happen at the end here with William, where something goes wrong, is good to me it's the first time she finds the maze and she's going back in present day or whatever, if we can use that expression.
1: Sure. Okay, so uh, then so then there is that time gap though between when yeah. Bernard tells Dolores to go and dies. search for the maze And then he dies and she never goes and searches for it. She goes back to her loop. But then William and Logan show up and she is somehow prompted to go hunt for the maze again?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think there's something in there where Arnold is either transmitting to them or is code within them and he successfully breaks through the first time with William and Logan then something happens and she goes back to her loop for a very very long time and then something happens again where he's able to break through again and then she retraces her steps um and what that is both times that's able to like cause that breakthrough I don't know but um I do think it's, like, there's definitely a battle between getting through to her and her just going back and, like, peacefully living in her own loop. And is it this time Peter Abernathy? I mean, I definitely see, I see totally what you're saying. And there's, like, a continuity question at the very beginning there. But what I do like about it is the is the idea that it would help explain... Because I have a hard time rationalizing the conversations with Dolores more and more with who we find Bernard to be, who just seems so by the book. Um, Especially in this episode. So I don't know. Like, if he... I,
1: I do think that there were potentially a couple of hints to, in this episode at least, that if not Bernard, at least someone is a host, and we don't know they're yeah. a host, and also they don't know they're a host, particularly yeah. when Maeve says to Felix, you know... How do you know? How do you know that you're human? Yeah. Um, I thought that that was a nod probably to, you know, something that has not been revealed yet, but that we're how all guessing you? at, which is that someone, Bernard or otherwise, is a, is a host. And then also, of course, because... um we meet Ford's host family in this episode. So we know that hosts can be made in the image of others, but also with their personality characteristics.
0: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So
1: uh, that could be a nod to Bernard as a host. I. It's also potentially a nod to what you suggested last episode, which was that Dolores might've been made in someone's image. And when Ford is flipping through a notebook, um, in this episode, which I presume to be Arnold's because it has the... Dra- I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. It had yeah. the drawings of the uh, maze in it. It also had um, sketches of Dolores specifically yeah. in the pages of that. And also sketches, I believe, of this mystery town, the town with the white church that we are seeing over and over again. Um, So... So, yeah, I mean, I think Dolores might be uh, based on a real person, as you suggested.
0: I also wonder, this is more stemming from this episode. <laughs> so now I'm just, like, throwing random things that are going through my head. Let's do it. But I wonder, try to figure out Bernard and Arnold's relationship, Um, like, who as a gift recreates someone's entire family perfectly? Um, Like, it just the relationship seems incredibly personal. Like I am wondering if it was romantic, um, is where I'm going with that. Yeah. They just seems to have been so connected. That doesn't help explain at all who Dolores might be, but I was just like trying to think of like close friends who would recreate and it could certainly happen, but it was such a personal thing to do to recreate his only pleasant family memory that he had. Um, you know perfectly and clean it up you know make the host even better I don't know
1: I don't know because I um I this this gesture aside with the recreation of the family which you're right is like really personal and um I don't know seemingly uh sort of loving gift that you would give somebody I, I don't know, in the descriptions that we have heard thus far of Ford and um, Arnold's relationship, it seems like they were at odds. Although most of the description comes from Ford himself, and he's not a yeah. reliable storyteller.
0: No, he's not. <laughs> I think mean, if we've learned anything, it's that nobody is a reliable storyteller.
1: Oh my God, that's it. so true. I was like, I'm still not 100% convinced that Ford is not... Um, I don't know that I actually think that Ford is a host, but I think that there is something about yeah. him that is just yeah. not. Maybe everyone's a host and nobody <laughs> knows it. Yeah, and,
0: that's right. Um, so true. Oh my god. Maybe the whole world has just become robots. Yes. And there and are none no of them know left. it. <laughs> exactly. And there's just some humans who get to know it. And it's, oh man.
1: Also, Mind okay. Folks. Since we're just throwing stuff out there. <laughs> um, am I like? Am I? I'm so self conscious almost about this show because I'm like, is everything that I'm throwing out there stuff that people have already come to the conclusion of like ages ago? Yeah. But um, I mean, are we sure that this maze is a physical thing? Is could it be metaphorical? Right. Um, is the because of
0: like Teddy's description of it? Yeah, or just in general? Yeah,
1: it, yeah. I mean, is is the maze I know that the way that the man in black has been presenting it that he's actually like going to a place but yeah. I don't know it it seems it makes more sense to me I think the more that I think about it that the maze is a is a I don't know a a metaphorical journey more so than it literally is like a shining maze in the middle of right this park that no yeah, one has you, ever found before
0: get to the bottom of whatever Teddy and Wyatt story is that you've like made it through the maze or something or you meet somebody or I don't know.
1: Right. Um, and then can I just say really quickly, or I guess we're going to get to it when we get to this part of the episode, but, uh, something to circle back on is this town, the town that is both in Dolores's visions with the white church and is also the same place where we are seeing Teddy and Wyatt shoot up all the soldiers and is also the same place where we saw Ford go on his walk with Minnie Ford in episode what two um yeah and see like this burned out steeple that is the remnants of the white church it looks like they're identical the steeple and the the um sort of like burned out looking structure that was yeah. left in that space and is also exactly the same as this uh model of the new narrative that Ford is putting together that we see in this episode so there's something significant about that place in particular I it's think it's just
0: like yeah it just it's almost as if this if the timelines worked you would actually think you were seeing it from construction through to it being gone but it, it doesn't I mean I've tried watching it with that in mind and I can't make it work that we would be looking at him building it for the first time but to be going back and rebuilding a town seems so strange to me but then I also have questions as to what Teddy is seeing when he is having those flashbacks with Wyatt like he didn't actually did he actually do those things? Is that a stupid question? Ford just uploads a bunch of memories to him. Right. Is that because he allows him to access memories of a storyline he's already executed?
1: I don't think or... so.
0: I think that yeah, these are so purely given him...
1: These are purely fabricated memories that he uploaded as part of the backstory um, for his new narrative, which involves Wyatt. I yeah. believe, like we we saw these flashbacks for the first time when he uploads them to Teddy in an earlier episode, and then we see the flashbacks when Teddy is relaying to um, Ford who why it is right. But he had no idea who why it was prior to that upload. So then that then would track that Ford has essentially given Teddy memories of this place that is significant in some way. He has chosen to have that shootout happen in that same town. And he said when he uploaded the storyline that the Wyatt storyline was based in truth. So the Wyatt storyline is based in truth. It involves shooting up a bunch of people in this town where we see Dolores remembering a bunch of people being shot up in the town. And he says that Wyatt thought he heard the voice of God, which is the way that he described the Arnold-type voice, programming voice that is, um, you know, that was part of the original programming. So if it's based in truth, then maybe he is sort of recreating something that actually happened, which is what Dolores is remembering in her flashbacks.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Also, uh, apparently, Teddy's a bad guy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) In in this new backstory, (laughs) Teddy also kills all the soldiers with Wyatt. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I guess with that in mind, maybe we should get into this week's episode. That's right.
0: Let's Uh, So now that everything's been cleared up, you're welcome, everybody. Let's go. (laughs) Right to this episode
1: come here for all your answers
0: (laughs) that's right (laughs) once again as a reminder if you have ideas we would love to hear them and share them on the podcast we have a number of avenues to do that um, we're on twitter facebook we also have a website with a feedback form kjrecapscom slash feedback so please please like i'm actually not even joking like please tell us what is happening if you will share it on the, on the show um can i also
1: yeah. just as a really quick side note and then we'll get into this episode but um anyone who might have been with us since the beginning will recall that in the like the first episode we were like the way that Jess and I do podcasts is when, like we try to really keep our ideas fresh and we don't <laughs> yeah. want to be overly, overly influenced by sort of the the buzz and the talk, you know. And that's the way that we approached Stranger Things, which was um, really fun to do because we came up with all of these theories and a lot of them turned out to be correct. And a lot of them were not, but it was still fun to, you know, come up with them all. And then there was Westworld. And Westworld was like, oh, Kim and Jess, that's adorable. That, that's so cute. That you think that you can just come up with all these answers yourself. Um not, not quite. It's
0: not your full-time job to just literally sit in a room and try to think about what's happening in Westworld? Okay. I know. Oh my God. I, uh...
1: This was like my weekend, my weekend involved a lot of sort of note-taking and um, like swim lanes of this happens and then that happens and then this must be in that timeline. And then I went on Reddit and I was like, oh God, I could have saved myself some time here. <laughs> We need the power of the internet. All of the collective minds, like, building uh, off of each other's theories. That's what you need. Um. If
0: only such an avenue existed. An interconnected series of tubes for us to share information. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of superhighway.
1: Oh, my Uh, God. That's a million-dollar idea right there. (laughs)
0: That's right. Clearly, we have uh, altered our approach and our reading. I try to still get a couple of sources and then think about them and ruminate in my head and obviously yeah. we record this pretty darn close to the airing of the show so you're getting our relatively clean thoughts on this episode and then we'll come back next week and tell you why they're all wrong <laughs> and go forward from there but um... I'm
1: sure next week we're going to be bringing back the errors and omissions section
0: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it will be the length of the podcast <laughs> Okay. Okay. Without further ado, let us dive into scene one of episode six of Westworld. So we very Mave centric episode, and I think that's such a great place to do. I completely agree that this is a real, not palate cleanser, but a bit of a standstill, more contained episode. Yes, that gives and you linear. a chance to. That's and linear. Agreed. I think we're we're seeing one time, and there's great pieces that are introduced and. Um, you know, it's interesting when we started watching the show, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a lot of moral questions, kind of like humans was if anyone caught that really great show about robots and artificial intelligence. But this has gone very different, right? It's gone crazy timeline theory based more so than I think, um, you know, the moral questions around how humans interact with robots. But here I feel like we came back to that a bit more with the question of Maeve figuring out who or what she is, which was incredibly powerful. Yes. Um so with that so that we just start off we're in Westworld, um, and Clementine and Maeve are together and Clementine is gonna go um take this kind of rough looking guy upstairs and Maeve says she'll do it instead and we figure out pretty quickly it's because she's going to goad him into strangling her because this is how she's figured out exactly what we talked about in the last episode how to get herself back to good old Felix and Sylvester time after time. This was actually
1: this was um, it answered a question that I didn't even realize that I had because we did suggest that she was killing herself in order to come back to Felix and Sylvester and we were right in a roundabout way but it, it occurred to me last episode that I'm like if she was killing herself why she shoot herself in the stomach like that's a yes you know and it's it's because she isn't killing herself she's goading others into killing her and i wondered if that's because contrary to what the woodcutter head smashing might make us think like are they not able to kill themselves i would think
0: it would that well look how much um attention the woodcutter brought on himself obviously through an incredibly specific but I think if she were killing herself it would be noticed yeah I think her getting strangled by some guy getting his rocks off unfortunately is not rare in Westworld so they get keep sending her back because I saw someone on Twitter said why wouldn't they just decommission her but I think this is supposed to kind of address that um I don't think it's the first time it's not the time she sat up and was holding the bird at the end of the last episode right she's and she references that um, where were we here? Yes. So I think she keeps showing up for these guys. They didn't tell anybody when she took off on them, but like they should have. And now they're too far into it to go and tell on her now. Um, yeah. Nor are they the smartest employees at Westworld, <laughs> no. I will say. <laughs> so, you know, she's found herself good people in that sense. So, um, yeah, so she's getting herself back into the same butchers every time. I don't know if people are assigned specific hosts or. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Um, also, uh, just to point out that part of the multiple timeline theories is that Maeve is never seen with Logan and William. So, um, Clementine appears to be the Madam character back in their timeline 30 years ago. Um, and, and Maeve is never seen with them. So presumably Maeve is a newer host. um, So it's not entirely related to this scene, but just before I forget to mention it, I just wanted to say that, like, I think that there are specifics about the older hosts that we are finding out more about in this episode. But I think that while the older hosts might be impacted by their hardware or these satcom things that are in their arms, I think that Dolores saying the violent delights... Uh, line yes, to Mave is something that it enables the newer hosts that don't have the same hardware to be impacted in a similar way. Um, yeah. So just in in terms of like Mave being able able to wake herself up, um, which you had suggested very early on, but yet she obviously is doing that, and her becoming self aware, etc. Despite the fact that she's a newer host, I think that it is the contagion that um that Elsie referred to about these the um you know the Dolores Dolores's uh phrase was able to um to do to Maeve so even though I think she is a newer host I think she is still feeling the Arnold impact
0: Agreed and I think obviously Elsie discovers one more thing before that we never find out you know so i wonder if it was something like that you know that they are spreading it through software now so while she thinks it only affects these older hosts that's not the case anymore but i agree it has to go definitely goes back to that violent delights um phrase and what it did to mave after that because she was totally fine and then she really really wasn't so exactly
1: um So on that note, Elsie's talking to Bernard about the satellite uplink that she found in the woodcutter's arm. Um, So she thinks that this is an internal job. um, And she actually considered that it might have been Bernard himself, which honestly, I don't blame her for. He has sort of dismissed all of her warning signs up to this point. Uh, But she decided that since he's been there for so long that if he wanted to screw them over, like he could have done it by now. (laughs) Um, he's
0: like, he's like, thanks. He's such a deadpan guy. Like, I
1: know. Just, and I love that Elsie yeah. is 100% just like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to speak my mind and you're suspicious.
0: <laughs> and I want Cullen's place when she's fired. I so, know. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, so according to Elsie, ins- I don't know that I fully buy this, to be honest, but according to Elsie, instead of the hosts going insane, they're, they're being used for corporate espionage. Sorry, that part I, I buy, but... I don't know if it's in this scene or in a later one when she says that instead of it being sort of internal them hearing voices that it's actually something being, being broadcast.
0: broadcast too.
1: And that I didn't fully buy. But I'm not sure I don't think that's in this scene. So we'll talk more about that when it comes. I think okay. that that might be when she um actually finds the relay. Yeah,
0: in the theater. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um so she doesn't know what's being transmitted, but she thinks that she can figure out who might be transmitting or who it's being transmitted to, if they can um, determine what time it was taking place. Um, But uh, luckily Maurice, the woodcutter was an old host. So although his new programming was damaged uh, beyond all repair, he had like this legacy positioning system. (laughs) Um, Uh, so the, the info is still there, but he has to, like Bernard has to go down to the old, uh, lab, which is the same one that we saw in Ford's flashback to go and retrieve that information.
0: Yeah, so we've got Bernard going down there, like is the only purpose of these crazy basement floors that are 80 some floors down to just be creepy as to why they have terrible electricity and the air conditioners are all broken in them. Like I, it just seems so strange. It feels Um, like
1: there's, there was some kind of, I don't know, uh, natural disaster down there or something, you know? It's
0: like everybody just laughed. I know what you mean. Like it looks like abandoned in yeah. a like Jurassic Park kind of way. I think it's... I reference that a lot. But you know, like it's like everybody ran out of the park and then just left everything as was. Like wouldn't you think that you would just have renovated those over time and they would be where everybody is working now? I mean, it's space is space. I don't I don't see why all that space is completely abandoned like it is. But
1: Yeah, I don't know. And then I would say, not that it necessarily um not that it would necessarily explain it but I would say that um, those must be the floors that are really old this one of course we know is from Agreed. the earliest um you know time in the in the park when Ford and Arnold were creating the first ever hosts um but on sub level 83 where there's the cold storage we see the delos uh uh logo right mm-hmm. so Delos. Am I saying that right? Delos, Delos, uh, Delos. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the name of the park's parent company, which presumably is also the name of Logan's family company, if they did in fact buy it out. Um, which would make sublevel eighty-three a little bit older, or I'm sorry, newer than the old lab.
0: Totally, but just as abandoned. But just you know, as abandoned.
1: And yeah. And it looks worse for the wear. It's like, yeah. it looks like a, and and it a looks building in like customer... an apocalypse.
0: Yeah. And it looks like it was customer facing almost too, like in my mind, but maybe not. Maybe that's just in my interpretation of it. But I definitely cannot figure out, yeah, the, the set pieces we're seeing. But, right. Or what that is meaning. But, I mean, he definitely goes... So he goes down, he boots up what is definitely an old computer compared to what they are using now up Mm -hmm. in, you know, the new labs. Um, And as always, I'm using Kim's excellent notes. And she has pointed out here that there's an Easter egg of the original Man in Black. I saw that host there, but I did not put that together. Oh,
1: I I cannot take credit for that. That is um, sharp-eyed Twitter users who are... Who alerted that's me such to that? A good... But the, yeah, I've, I've looked exactly it looked exactly like Yul I... Brenner.
0: Yeah, I know. That's what the. Okay, totally. Because yeah, I've seen the old pictures. I mean, if you look up anything for Westworld, you often get both. Um, you know, I'm like when I'm looking for pictures or whatever. So I know what he looks like. But yeah, that's a great Yeah. Uh, little call out. Um, so he's able to connect his uh, little <laughs> handheld laptop tablet thingy (laughs) to the uh to the computer and asks about the anomaly which is the woodcutter and he gets the time for when he needed but then it also alerts to him just before he leaves that there are other anomalies and they're in section 17 and it says that there are five and they can't find he can't reconcile it between what that system is saying and what his newer system is saying
1: they are Um, unregistered hosts
0: Exactly. So dun, dun, is dun. Five because the dog is a host?
1: I think so, yes.
0: Okay. So, like, when they say hosts, like, they mean every single animal in Westworld, too?
1: Oh. I just assumed they met the dog, but yeah, I don't, I guess. What if it's Ford? <laughs> Okay,
0: I know that we're gonna get there, but he did come out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. When when I, I read, I don't know. On rewatching, I can't figure if they're showing Bernard against that wall where he then appears, or they're just cleverly. Do you really feel like they panned where he was and then he just appears?
1: No, but like okay, so.
0: Like you walk in a room and you don't notice your boss is standing there? He would have been like six
1: inches yeah. <laughs> from from him to the right. Yeah. And there was no door or window behind him. Although I don't yeah. really know what I'm saying here. If I'm suggesting that Ford is a host, is he a host that like teleports? I mean, that doesn't <laughs> explain the question really. Um, I assumed it was the dog, but I think that is a I think that that's a fair question because there's bound to be like some deer in the woods right? in section woods. Although like, they
0: wouldn't be unaccounted for either. They wouldn't be anomalies. So maybe yes. it is. Maybe every living thing is considered a host. We know that obviously there are lots of animals. We see more of them in this one. They are all robots. Um, and so that would make sense. It just... I mean, calling the animals' hosts seems strange, but yeah, yeah,
1: and anyway. then when he boots up the computer, we see that old logo again, so that's right. We're only seeing the old logo in the William and Logan timeline and in the flashbacks with Ford and now in the same lab where Ford was, so you right. know, I'm thinking, uh, as is probably everyone, but um maybe the the logo changed with the buyout by. Maybe, Delos.
0: maybe this will only be a joke funny to like the five people I work with probably none of whom listen to this but maybe it's just like really poor brand management and they have an old logo and a new logo and everyone keeps using the old logo and it keeps messing with the Westworld brand this could also be a potential issue and there is no timeline the end
1: <laughs> the end marketing the end. humor
0: that's right <laughs> or not
1: Um, so, uh, this posed questions, this next scene for me. So this is the scene where Ford is walking into a town. He's creating a canyon, uh, for his, uh, new narrative. So he's walking through with laborers and in the town, you have all of the townspeople who are scrubbing what I assume to be the blood of Lawrence's cousins that the man in black has shot out. In an earlier episode, right?
0: Yeah, I did not think that until I saw your notes on it. I think that makes sense. It definitely feels like that town because the girl's there, right?
1: Oh, I didn't... I didn't... Like Lawrence's daughter?
0: Yeah, I thought it was that same actress.
1: I didn't see it. I didn't see her. But that makes me even more questioning because... So I'm asking, like, so if it is, in fact, Lawrence's town, then the fact that they're all still doing cleanup from the man in black shooting up Lawrence's whole family doesn't jive with Dolores going to that town and getting the information from, you know, seeing the maze drawing and whatever from Dolores, sorry, from Lawrence's daughter. I don't know if I explained that well. So I think that Yeah, I know what you mean. In episode three, we see Dolores go to this town and she has this encounter with Lawrence's daughter, the daughter draws the maze. Lawrence has a, um, Dolores has a flashback. And then all of a sudden the little girl has disappeared and um, she's in the town with William. So my thought prior to this scene was that that was Dolores in present day by herself, talking to Lawrence's daughter and mm-hmm. also 30 years ago with William and Logan. But it, the, I don't know, the timeline doesn't quite make sense to me if the the whole town is still scrubbing off the blood that there was no sign of when we saw Dolores in that town. Just as a quick food for thought. Yeah, true. Um, but I don't know
0: if it... Yeah, anyway.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting in too granular. I mean, maybe there was blood there and we just didn't see it. But, <clears throat> I. It, yeah, it occurred to me when I... Um, when I saw this scene. So ultimately, Ford decides that he's going to cut the canyon short uh, so that he doesn't have to demolish the town and uproot all of the hosts that are there. Um, And as he's walking through the town, he sees the maze symbol on a table in the middle of the street. um, And he goes back to his office, pulls out a notebook and finds the same symbol in there. So I presume this is Arnold's notebook, as we mentioned earlier.
0: I agree. Yeah. with the And that's the same notebook with the pictures of Dolores and yeah.
1: Yeah. Pictures of Dolores and then uh, a lot of drawings of structures um, that I think are the same town that we're referring to. I'm pretty sure there was a drawing of the church in it. Yeah. um, Yeah.
0: So then we're with Teddy and the Man in Black. So <laughs> Teddy is looking a lot better since his interaction with Ford at the end of the last episode where he was made better (laughs) after his crazy blood transfusion. Um, And so they're together and Teddy looks at the scalp um, with the maze on it. And Ford asks him for what his thoughts are on it. And he says that he knows the maze is an old native myth. Um, So this is where he gives like a quick, story as to what he thinks the maze is, which is that it's the sum of a man's life. It's about the choices he makes, the dreams he hangs on to. And then at the center there's a legendary man who's been killed over and over again but always came back to life. Um and the man returned for the last time, vanquished all his oppressors, and he built a house and in the middle of it of a maze that's so complicated that only he can navigate through it. Um so you had mentioned earlier that you're thinking that it may be metaphorical. That maze. I think Did, so. There anything I else mean, that struck you from this? I don't yeah. know.
1: It seems to me, and it all uh, through this description, um, as well as Lawrence's daughter telling the man in black the maze wasn't meant for you. It seems to be something geared towards the hosts.
0: Yeah, I do wonder something about the like killed over and over again piece of this story. That's what struck me the most in it. Um, You know, same as the hosts have built up a native story around the butchers to cover that, is there something to the fact that they're remembering either that memories that some host keeps coming back that's not properly being dealt with or memories of a human that they don't rec- like. Like Teddy's realization when he first tries to kill the men in black in the first episode, you know, that that has stuck with people or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just there's something like, that I rubbed up against that. Piece. I mean,
1: so, so Maeve at this point, I mean, she's, um, Obviously, even more in the know now after her conversations with Felix right. and Sylvester. But as of the end of last episode, Maeve made that discovery herself, that it does not matter if she dies because it will, she will come That's back right. as if it never happened. So if there was some other host that had come to that realization or, um, I mean, it, it would also be dependent upon other people remembering uh, that he, that right. the host keeps coming back over and over. But certainly in terms of the description of someone who dies over and over and then vanquishes their oppressors, uh, that sounds like it is intended for host. the hosts. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe this gets back to whatever happened 35 years ago. Um, anyway, so they... That kind of... Men in Black doesn't say anything after that. Um, And they are trying to continue on when they come across people who are traveling in the other direction who say they can't go through Pariah because there's trouble there. And the Men in Black asks Teddy about another way. Um, And Teddy says, yeah, it's treacherous. But anyway, they end up going that way. And of course, we know what's going to happen. So just that is where that scene is.
1: Just on a quick note on Pariah. And I know that we can't trust the timelines, but... um, Let's pretend. Let's pretend that... <laughs> okay, so that if um, this is happening right after what we saw happened at the end of last episode, not with William and Logan, but with Dolores alone, that Dolores has just been through Pariah by herself, and then she got on the train by herself, and at the end of the episode, she is riding with the coffins, presumably towards the front or whatever the, wherever the train is going. So... Are we at all wondering, I am at least, why Dolores has just gone through Pariah and now there's trouble in Pariah and they can't pass through it? Do you think that's anything or no?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it's convenient that the show won't show us Pariah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, um, so is it? Is it that, is it related to Dolores' timeline, or is it the show just kind of fucking with us and saying, we're not going to show you Pariah in what you think of as the most current timeline to give you anything that right. can, like, like for the to allow you to check that? For the same
1: reason that William and Logan are never shown with the bartender, right? There's a number right. of people they don't appear with, but the bartender specifically would be a timeline give giveaway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fair
0: it's just kind of yeah. yeah convenient I don't know but maybe it is just I mean somebody references there always being trouble in pariah so it certainly fits that 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 could happen or that there's I mean we know pariah is an incredibly unstable right place and then so um, Stubbs says Stubbs mentions it later on yeah, yeah he
1: says later on that they're almost at capacity in pariah so it could be that it's just yeah. like a really um bumping orgy that night in pariah
0: exactly <laughs> And that's what they do is they send out hosts in every direction and they make the hosts say, "Hey, avoid it right? right um and it really has nothing to do with anything bad happening. It's just they're trying same as when they try to move storylines around or whatever yeah. they're just trying to keep it the town's else at capacity, it it. and
1: so they're exactly. telling the hosts to reroute people yeah. okay, yeah, that makes that I'm satisfied that with sense. that um see all the answers. <laughs> Uh, so Felix is explaining to Maeve that everything that she does is because she was programmed to do it. So Maeve, whether it's the fir- you know, the first scene continued or whether she has killed herself again, I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, he is, um, telling her that, uh, she has been programmed. She doesn't believe it. And she says that she and Felix feel the same and asks him how he knows that he's human, uh, which as we mentioned earlier, I think is poignant. Um, yeah, and so Felix is trying to explain the difference, and so he um illustrates it uh by showing her the behavior tablet, and everything that she says is coming up as being scripted uh so he does say uh before that that there is one big difference between them, and that is that the processing power that is in the hosts brain if you will is far beyond what the humans what humans have uh but the drawback is that they can be controlled and then illustrates with the tablet she sees that all of her words are in fact scripted and then she's like trying to go off script she's trying to say things that are not um, pre-programmed and she She glitches and shuts down it's just like she's like overloaded um so the tablet shows like warning signs and not responding and whatever. And prior to that, it, it, it was coming up improvisation, improvisation when she was trying to speak in an unscripted way. Um, yeah. So she, she's shut down for the moment.
0: Yeah. Little, little brain freeze there. I thought that was really well done. Like just the idea of a computer looking at its own programming when it doesn't realize it's a computer and then trying to outthink it, but it can't because it's leveraging the computer to try and do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it was a great little scene there. Yeah,
1: really. I mean, everything with Maeve in this episode in particular was just beyond. It was so good. And uh, Fanny Newton just uh, is killing it. Everybody on this show, the acting is so good.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, So, yes, this was one of many great Maeve scenes in this episode.
0: Agreed. Uh, So then we just get a quick breakup scene between cullen and bernard pretty much exactly how you'd expect these two to break up with each other or at least like they're just so factual um so cullen is just like yep ford knows the objectivity will be questioned by the board which she's right like i agree and bernard's like oh it's not like you're not hard on me but from the perspective of them both running these really crucial units um i think that she's right from a business perspective yeah Um, and she questions Ford's leadership as of late, and Bernard says he doesn't think that he's the problem. So, I don't know. Was there anything that you read in there? It was a pretty quick scene,
1: but... No, I feel like, um, yeah, obviously we're seeing the fallout of that very unpleasant discussion between Colin and Ford in the last episode. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty straightforward. Poor Bernard. Yeah. Um, although he did seem super cut up over it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think that that is Bernard cut up exactly. Me. Yeah. I was like, um. Yeah. So
1: we're oh. back with Felix and Maeve. He's finally gotten her back online, and she tells him that she wants to go upstairs. Um. So he's really reluctant, but she, there's this unspoken pleading. Um. And she grabs his hand and wins him over. Um. So they go on this tour, and this was like just a spectacular. Scene of, of them walking through the various stages of the hosts being made um, from, uh, well, backwards from like design and sculpting and testing and putting life into them and then their bodies being hosed down. So they're they're seeing that in reverse, right? From the butcher shop through to um, blood being put into a host that is almost ready. Uh, I thought that that was really cool um, to see.
0: Yeah, I think you're seeing like, you know, if I think the um, actual structural orientation of the Westworld offices reflects the uh, prestige and, um, you know, of each of those areas that work on them. They all have different clothing, Mm -hmm. which really, you know, like Felix, I felt like really stands out walking through all these places with his butcher costume on. I just don't know how they didn't get discovered. But um, considering everything is a glass wall in Westworld, but all the way up to, you're right, design at the very highest level um, and all of these beautiful scenes of like, those little, even when they were testing them out, you know, like a behavior uh, right below design, they would were having all those little micro scenes that, of course, Maeve would recognize. And they've got like a couple of props that show you what they're supposed to be doing. But otherwise, they're in this incredibly modern environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really crazy to see. So, yeah, very uh, powerful, wordless scene.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that Felix is trying to... um to to look like he is he's leading, leading her. her he's got the behavior yeah. tablet open, and I don't know, but that that was like a very minor critique and a very um well done scene, but it's like yeah. I can't believe they got away with that um <laughs> uh and then um Felix is pleading with Maeve for them to go back downstairs if they get caught of course he's lost his job but he reminds her that if they get caught then she is going to be decommissioned and put in the basement forever uh so before they go though Maeve sees this Westworld promotional video and um the blonde host who greeted William uh off the, the train I according to IMDB her name is Angela Uh, so she is in, uh, the video and then also there's scenes of Dolores and Teddy riding horses and I, I assume it was Teddy and, uh, the, the ladies from, uh, the saloon and, um, I don't know, all of these various Westworld scenes, including one of Maeve, uh, as a mother in the country with a little girl, which is the same, uh, storyline that she is remembering in her flashes so also just like on a quick side note I feel like this promotional video is is not indicative of the things that go down in that park is this is this the family rated video because I don't I don't think that that is the type of uh Of ad that is going to attract the people who are actually coming to the park. Whereas, like,
0: I feel like it's though, like, it's playing in the employee section. Like, maybe that's what lets them get to feel that they're doing something of worth. Um, You know, that they're doing something beautiful, that people get to go and live without limits and all of these things. And then, of course, yeah, if you're a butcher, you see exactly what's happening, which is this really horrific. Right. Uh, you know, experiences, and everyone's just kind of reducing themselves to their basis levels. But up, it's upstairs in design. They're like, Oh yes,
1: we're doing great things. Live without borders. Um, That's right. Yeah, I thought. I thought that that was. I did write my notes. I was like,
0: Where the hell
1: are they advertising? Because it is not this part. This is why
0: that couple brought that kid. That's it. That's 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 right. Must have seen that video. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, so that's Um, it for their tour.
0: yeah and obviously that really screws Maeve up um so she asks how they have her dreams like she doesn't obviously know what video is and so this is where Felix explains that she was from a previous build so we find out like Maeve is telling us her backstory which is that she's been the madam at the Mariposa for 10 years and she was in New Orleans but he says no she's been the madam for a year and we've touched on this before so this makes sense and that they reassign but they don't they use what they've already built because of how much work it would take to rebuild individual storylines from scratch um so they work those into the new role but you know you you would you do not have this 10-year experience that you think you have
1: yeah exactly Um, and that's just like i mean so in the same way that teddy did not actually experience the shooting with wyatt like um Maeve didn't actually go to New Orleans, and uh, you know, right. so but so these are programmed memories.
0: Yes, and it also made me think too of Peter Abernathy, how he um had been a sheriff in an actual previous build, and now that he became Dolores's dad, they left that sheriff piece there, and he was leveraged that and said, "I'm a retired sheriff, which is why I know you, sh- you need to be careful." And it worked in that scene, right? Yeah. Like it or in that context. And they wouldn't have had to erase, like, and rewrite completely new stories. They can just be like, ah, yeah, take your sheriff story, and then we'll just add this dad story to it. Right. Um, is what that made me think of. But it
1: does, like, it does kind of give you some context into the fact that each of these hosts, as much as they are uh, programmable and they do live out different characters, etc., Felix is saying that they don't change their their entire personality overly they just do minor tweaks um because it takes thousands of man hours to create their their personalities so ultimately although each of the hosts is changeable their personality is still their personality throughout and you can change their attributes obviously we see that done in this scene uh we saw Elsie do it to Maeve also in earlier scenes like you can tweak them but um it it does kind of give you an idea that they are an individual and right. not just this, I don't know, blank slate that you can rebuild every time, anytime you want.
0: Yeah, because it just – it's impractical. When you think of how many hosts are there and that kind of work – and it does make sense. It just – this – is this episode serves for a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. of course, because we're now getting literally talked through how behavior does things, and Felix is happy to explain all of this stuff to Maeve. So, do you think that it's because um,
1: Felix, Felix is Felix is afraid, or is he infatuated by her?
0: I definitely think there is both. I mean, he has no spine whatsoever. So, but are we that. shipping this a little bit? In what sense?
1: What? I just mean like, I kind of like Maven Felix together.
0: Oh, are we shipping Maven Felix? Sorry, I am. I kind uh, of am a little. That is amazing. Okay,
1: well, just for this scene, they really had a moment with the hand touching and whatnot.
0: <laughs> I think he really gets like. I thought his most poignant line, maybe not poignant, but was when he said, "You know, she's like, are you?" like them he's like yeah you know i can't afford to go to the park or whatever like he references enough times i can't get fired i really need this job i mean i think he is a guy who's kind of been ignored or not treated right for his, a lot of his life too um so i think that he definitely aligns with mave and is amazed by her so i think there's that mm-hmm. um and then the fact that he is just i mean yeah that these both of these guys just make terrible decisions oh i
1: know horrible in
0: terms of and i do think it's like i don't disagree with elsie when she th- says things are getting out of control and not just because there seems to be a dead guy rampantly you know turning the hosts into uh other things but there is not enough oversight in this company like there's issues in the company and i think that that's not supposed to go unnoticed and the fact that even felix could do that walkthrough and nobody raises any questions and everybody's just kind of in their own little isolated piece mm-hmm. and you know you've got sizemore being a complete dick i mean every th- things are falling apart right. um, And but i, th- I think that that, to spe- that
1: speaks to um like when ford is talking to cullen last episode and he's saying about the money men about delos delos yeah. um that uh that they had no idea what they were getting into. This isn't a theme park. Right. This isn't a, you know, business investment. This is an entire world. And it's true. I mean, they have essentially created this whole, um, you know, living world, universe. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah,
0: it should be a big deal and, if a guy from, like, a butcher's steals is a behavior tablet.
1: Right. And I like, guess I'm just saying that, like, I to... think that it is... It is impossible for them. I think that it has grown to a point where they just simply cannot keep tabs on everything. How do you monitor an entire world? A small one, granted, in comparison. But, I mean, well, maybe. We don't know how big the park is. But, yeah, I just don't don't think that they are capable of doing the level of monitoring that would be necessary in order to catch all of these things.
0: Yes, and things are falling apart Mm -hmm. quite quickly. Uh, So Sylvester arrives and Maeve immediately goes into like robot mode and Sylvester thinks that Felix is just playing dress up with her because she's in her like nightgown Um, and he goes to leave because he's going to tell QA and Maeve quickly moves and uh, gets him into a position with a scalpel held against his neck. So... Here, Sylvester calls out the fact that she can't hurt anyone and Maeve says, can't I? So do you think she could have cut him or do you think she's just pushing to the edges of her programming?
1: Yeah, I think that she's bluffing. And the reason why I I think she's bluffing is because she credits the fact that she can hurt him to Felix's programming. Like, she's like, your friend right. here is more talented than people gave him credit for, um, implying that Felix has allowed her to now hurt people, and I don't buy that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So she does a great job <laughs> of convincing Sylvester. Again, not a great character, so it doesn't take much to intimidate him. But she not only intimidates him, she is so good with people, and of course we're supposed to believe that she runs a brothel and this is how she's programmed. But I just loved how she was like, I'll hurt you if I have to, but I can help you out. You know, like I, we can work together on this, but I will cut you open like if you don't do it. Yeah. Um, but she, in the end makes it seem as if it's like something that he really wanted to do, you know, then that's the perfect yes. kind of way to run this. So, yeah.
1: So good. Um, so we have a really quick scene of Cullen who's speaking to a member of the board, and although the board member I think is speaking Chinese, but you can hear you can hear him say "Ms. Hale," yes, uh, and then she says, "I understand the urgency, and I will I will do what I can," and that is it. What?
0: And then she's smoking. And then she's smoking. Lots of smoking yeah. From
1: so what? I don't know what what does that mean. So in in the scene immediately following this one. um in, well, I better, I can just talk about that scene. So, like, immediately following sure, this yeah. one, Cullen then goes to the pool where Sizemore is lounging and being an ass. Uh, he, on sick leave. Yeah, he's on sick leave. <laughs> he's essentially pouting after um, Ford uh, nixed his storyline. Uh, so it's been five days, Cullen says, and he's been out on sick leave, but it looks like he's just laying by the pool and getting hammered. So she's... um. She's there to tell him that she needs him to get back to work because Ford's narrative has created uh, all kinds of holes in the current storylines. And she needs Sizemore to come back and plug them. Uh, And he says, no, he says he'll quit. Uh, But she calls his bluff. She's like, nope. just, uh, you know, have your have your tantrum, but get over it quickly and get back to work. So.
0: And she says, too, here, like, doesn't, isn't this where she says that if this goes wrong, then the board is going to need someone to step up yes. and it won't be him based on how he's acting? Like, she tries to appeal, too, to his ambition. Right. Because, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think that this is interesting to me because it was implied in the last episode when Cullen was having the the meeting with Ford and Cullen says the Ford is going... Sorry, the board is going to agree with me. They're sending a representative. And Ford says, well, they already have. I thought you would have known. That, to me, implied that the board is tight with Ford and that Cullen is the one who's not fully in the loop. But in this scene, it really seems as though the board is asking Cullen to, to make contingency plans in the event that Ford's narrative shits the bed.
0: Yeah, sorry, that pause is just me thinking. Um, Yes, I wondered, and maybe, okay, this is like a super random thought that probably has nothing at all, but um, I do still feel that the man in black is potentially on the board. Um, And if so, maybe that's who Ford is thinking of, and that's the old guard, just like Ford. Of the board. And yet the executive director or the executive board member, I can't remember her title, but who they said is another like younger woman from a very different generation and probably different considerations. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. almost like there's there's like Ford in the park playing with like Tonka trucks building literally building canyons, which is I can only imagine how expensive that is. Right um you've got the man in black like playing cowboy trying to find this maze and even if those are like really righteous things they would look ridiculous from the outside and then you've got people like cullen and the new like the board member who's there and the rest of the board being like what the fuck like get this place back in order yes and if they said the man in black and he's just like happily parading around on a horse then they're like okay we can't kick this guy off the board but nor are we gonna let him but if you if you think
1: about the interaction between ford and the man in black in the last episode yeah i really don't think that that indicates that there's no hint to me that they know each other in from a i don't know i don't feel like it's a business relationship that it didn't feel like a business relationship to me right um
0: so maybe i'm just holding on to that one because i like it from a few episodes ago
1: I mean, it still could be. Like, I definitely think that the Man in Black, as William, was involved in a buyout in some way of the park. So it would make sense that the Man in Black is a board member. Um, but I feel like there's some kind of, there's more history than just a business relationship that they were uh, speaking to in that interaction. Sure, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. So we're back with Teddy and the Man in Black. So they've been cut off by soldiers again. So they've circumvented Pariah, but now are cut off by soldiers, although there's fewer here. And Teddy suggests that they just shoot their way through. And then um, the Man in Black pretty much <laughs> confirms what, what you had mentioned in the la- in the last episode, which was that um, Ford seems to have really uh, just like said a command and perked Teddy up. Uh Because he suggests here that Ford gave him a little extra vinegar back at the bar, yeah, um, so the man in black he can't afford to let Teddy get himself killed. he needs him to find wyatt, so um they they, they do the the tried and true like <laughs> knock out the soldiers and steal their uniforms bit to walk through unnoticed. Um, But that did not go down the way they had planned because one of the soldiers recognized Teddy as being a shooter with Wyatt in that old, um, you know, memory or whatever.
0: Which was yeah, like, exactly. okay, so
1: here's my question too. So Wyatt is a new storyline. It had to be uploaded to Teddy. And yet everyone seems to know about Wyatt including Lawrence um, before he died when he and the man in black, sorry. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, He and the man
1: in black were on their way to find Wyatt. And Lawrence talks about the fact that Teddy was Wyatt's friend. And he talks about the fact that the last group that went after the um, Wyatt, they were all killed referring to Teddy's group and the sheriff and whatever. Um, But Lawrence had been with the man in black since episode two. Um, That was well before we were made aware as a viewer that ford was going to nick sizemore's storyline and that he's going to do this new one and i don't know i just i think that it's interesting that everyone seems to know who why it is and or have uh like a backstory related to it
0: true Although, I mean, then Wyatt did come back and, like, have all these attacks. Like, I do think it could have been uploaded into these people. I see what you're saying, though, about Lawrence. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, suddenly Wyatt was stringing people up and...
1: Yeah, you're right. Okay, so there is is not only the memory of Wyatt in backstories, but there is also, obviously... An actual Wyatt, current. like a current Wyatt yeah. host, that is doing shit in the park right now, and the stories of or that Wyatt are spreading. people
0: for sure, yeah. Like there's the the people with the masks have attacked a couple of people, right, um, including Teddy, right. Hmm. But yeah, there is something to there's something here, right? Like Teddy is a lot more violent than we thought he is. He's crazy, risky, like and not. Smart. I mean, his idea to just go through guns blazing all of these soldiers, you know, the men in back is like, what? Like, that is not a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, um, yes. OK,
1: so I'm so sorry. I feel like errors and omissions uh, category. Um, that means so, so, so what I just said two minutes ago, which was that <laughs> Ford, Ford gave Teddy this extra vinegar at the bar. I think maybe I filled in that at the bar. I think maybe he was just implying that Ford gave him some extra vinegar. uh maybe that was from the upload.
0: No, I still read that as like he was almost dead in the bar. Ford came and sat with them, and then suddenly Teddy was like, Let's go like, right. And was like, how does that work from
1: like a anatomy perspective physiological standpoint. Yes, yeah, yeah, but anyway, um, okay, fair enough. Um, so Teddy opens fire at the soldier who recognizes him and they get into a, uh, a gunfight and then both he and the man in black are captured.
0: Yes. Probably not going to be good. No. Uh, so we're back with Sizemore, um, at the pool and even drunker and a woman in a bikini comes up to the bar And he's trying to pick her up, so he guesses her favorite narrative, and he really goes off on um, what he thinks about the management of the park, and it being Ford's Vanity Project, um, and that his creative license is constrained uh, because of, you know, the QA and behavior department. So he really kind of unloads on this woman, who he has no idea who she is. Spoiler alert, she's important. Yes. Uh, Not good for Sizemore, so... Uh, Yeah, so he asks for another drink. Cullen has given the order that he's supposed to be cut off, and he just keeps going. Yes. So,
1: So, okay, so obviously Sizemore is an ass, and he acts like an ass in front of uh, Hale, Charlotte Hale, um, who we find out in a future scene is, in fact, a board (laughs) member. At the time that we find that out, Sizemore is pissing off the balcony on to the map um and yet i find like her response to him is one where she's kind of um i don't know not into it yeah she's not totally uh not loving this size more
0: yeah we it's like i feel like we didn't get enough interaction to read that is that the case where she is kind of interested and impressed that he, did he get her story right, you know, that he guesses, or did she just give that to him? I mean, I find it hard to believe that the board member wouldn't know who that is, right? Like, he's one of the top employees at the, at Westworld. Um, So was she just letting him go, or did she really was impressed, and then she's like, oh, we've met, and then he's very unimpressive the next time they meet, but... It's hard to get a read on her as to how ruthless she might be or is she not. But to be in a position of power of a company like that, I mean, you'd have to be a pretty shrewd business person. Yes,
1: that's true. So So...
0: I feel like it's more likely that she let him just go and bury himself in his own. Yeah. And didn't even expect that he would like just let him talk, like shoot his mouth off. About management and all of the problems, blah blah blah. I mean, that would be really interesting as a board member. So maybe she's like, "Great, keep going." Yes. And then you know finds him literally pissing on the map, <laughs> and it's like, um, <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, we will see more interactions between them, I'm sure. Um, but may- agree, yeah, yeah, maybe she is cozying up to him specifically because, um, that's where she can get. Um, information, information yeah um so Elsie comes in to tell Bernard that she's close to busting their saboteur um, so she's been tracking the data it's time stamped so she's going to cross reference it with sat tracking uh to find out who's behind it so um I guess okay so when Elsie found the gadget in the the woodcutter's arm that satellite (laughs) gadget um so and she was saying that it wasn't Orion's belt he was drawing a target is this do you have more thoughts on what that target is given all of this stuff that she's saying now
0: yeah I still don't get the target piece other than he seems to have needed to find a location or high ground from which to transmit from within the park. Mm -hmm. So it's like Um, he
1: is drawing a target so that someone elsewhere will find him and, like, upload the data he's offering.
0: Boy, this is, like, our, like, lack of technical knowledge. Or is it... That you can only upload to a satellite when it's in certain places in the sky. Like, you can't upload to it when it's in orbit on the other side of the Earth.
1: Here's homework for us is we're going to learn satellite science. science. So stay tuned for that Uh,
0: next week.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, So the point
0: being that she's closer to tracking her saboteur. Yes. So And then
1: this is where she says the quick comment about how she wants Cullen's room because she's going to be the first one to go after the board finds out that she's saving their ass. Um, So Elsie, not a big Cullen fan. Not surprising.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then we get Bernard's trip to sector 17. So he has he goes to the map room. He's asked for help from a tech as to what's supposed to be there. The tech informs him that that part of the park is off limits as it's supposed to be for a future narrative de- development so no techs have visited there and nobody goes there uh so bernard goes finds the house um sees a man outside and he goes in and this is our question as to whether when ford is there but there's there's two boys one of whom is Minnie ford and a woman and a dog and the dog is a greyhound which of course we've heard about this dog already from another story mm-hmm. and um so bernard says to the man are you arnold so kim texted me right away 30 seconds after <laughs> behind this happening live uh, and said that's the guy from the picture which i had not caught in the first viewing so this is the guy from the picture with ford that ford shows bernard and says this is Arnold, or at least is talking about Arnold when he shows it Yeah, that. he doesn't say it specifically,
1: um, but he implies yeah, it heavily. He says, he says...
0: I'm talking about Arnold, and here's a picture exactly, of me and somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like Bernard saw this man in the picture, because he's just so clearly... He's like, are you Arnold? Yes. Um, so yeah, what do you think... Does that mean did he mislead him and just show him, like, here's a picture of me and my dad and Arnold so that, like, perhaps because Bernard is Arnold and he can't show him a picture of himself because that would be weird.
1: Yes. I think that I don't know how else to look at it except deliberate misleading. You're right. Um,
0: Thinking he would never meet him and here's an old picture of me and a guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that that is definitely uh, uh, a, a point in the case for Bernard being a host, um, because that the. that was something that didn't jive with me when when we were talking about it previously Um, when the explanation was that a host is uh, intended to see only what they're programmed to see for instance Dolores looks at this picture of a woman in Times Square and says this doesn't look like anything to me so if Bernard were looking at a picture that was essentially himself maybe he wouldn't recognize it and that didn't it didn't really make sense to me Um, so it seems like there's a more straightforward explanation which is that Ford is a liar and (laughs) and maybe Bernard is Arnold also did you see that someone posted on Twitter ages ago really so maybe everyone's seen this already but that um, uh, Arnold Weber is it Weber Uh, Arnold Weber is an anagram for Bernard Lowe I know mind blown anyway
0: well, now we just have to stop the podcast <laughs> at this very moment. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, so he tries to... So, the like, what we now know is Ford's dad reacts very poorly to being called Arnold, calls him a trespasser, pushes him up against the wall. Bernard is trying to get him to stop, and he won't stop for his voice commands, and that's when Ford magically appears, and he will listen to Ford's voice commands. So... Yeah, to me, that's super messed up that there are these, I mean, Bernard's going to raise this point, but hosts who only listen to one specific person in the park and otherwise can react violently against people.
1: Yeah, I mean, so...
0: Or is it because Bernard's a host and therefore he was reacting violently against a host?
1: Oh, but that all your hosts listen is to Bernard's commands. Interesting. Okay, but the reason why it does they don't respond to um, Bernard's voice commands, at least the way that I took it, was because they are so old that they don't have that um those updates or whatever. But since Ford has been around since the beginning, he, he they are right. programmed to listen to him. But I kind of took it not as a deliberate um, programming that only Ford has the ability to command them. I kind of took it as like, because they're so old, they don't have all the necessary updates for Bernard to be able to give them commands the way he does with other more current hosts.
0: Fair, but the outcome is the same. And when Bernard says, I'm not really comfortable with this. Oh, I agree. I agree with him. Like, it's a real safety, yeah, Um, safety
1: But then also, so this is the moment where Ford says that they only go where he tells them they can go, and they cannot harm anyone. Um, So we obviously know that at the end of the episode, there is the whole dog incident where Minnie Ford actually kills the dog, who is... A host, not a real dog. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. Either way, I think that Ford is implying or saying outright that they, they, they have the same core programming. They're still not able to hurt a person.
0: Can't hurt a fly, except for that time Dolores killed that fly. <laughs> right, right, killed. right, 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 <laughs> right. Ford killed the, yeah. <laughs> the robot dog So other than those, uh. So we've already talked about this, but. We do find out they're first-generation hosts. We get that really cool opening up of Minnie Ford's face, which was just, like, really well done. Yes. Um, And it also shows us, I think, better that how good-looking the old hosts were. So this, I feel like, was just a really important piece of exposition to back up the claim by the man in black that he once took one of them apart. And that they were full of all these beautiful parts. And it also helps, I think, back up the multiple timelines if you've been struggling, as I have, with how does Dolores look exactly the same. Um, Because while she may be now made of more organic material... They they look just as believable, right? Yes. Um, they they don't look like old Bill basically. Like I'm still struggling with where old Bill fits into this, but right. I think this really helped me overcome the fact that I pictured the park initially 30 years ago as being full of old bills because everybody keeps talking about how they are getting more and more better and lifelike. Yes, that's um, fair. They're pretty pretty lifelike even in this right. case,
1: and we do see so. Um... Angela, the blonde host who greets William. Uh, yeah. So she is also amongst the very first hosts that are shown when Ford flashes back to the, um, the lab he's, and yeah. whatever, when he's telling Bernard about Arnold for the first time. So um, Angela is one of the earliest hosts, too. And to your point, she looks slick as ever, you know, really believable when she meets William. So... You're right. Yes. Even though they are first generation, I mean, so Bill was the second ever host ever made. So I would think that per he he's... he maybe didn't even make it into the park. I mean, or was yeah.
0: like he's like forty years right. old, right?
1: Like only yeah. only there before guests came when it was just the um, scientists living in the park or something like. Um, yeah. No, I think that's yeah. Right.
0: Um. So we get the story about how. Uh, Arnold built them himself, uh, and that they're the only ones left in the park that Arnold built himself. Mm-hmm. but then Bernard asks about hosts that Arnold built no, he
1: asks about hosts that Arnold designed I know I noticed okay, that too so like I had to go design. back, okay. yeah,
0: okay, that makes a lot more sense um and that yeah, this was based on a happy childhood memory that he had that Arnold uh, had. Kind of made them more nice. It's not a nice (laughs) right word, but obviously Ford's dad is a shitty guy. Um, for I think that's been referenced a few times. So over the time, Ford has made his dad more lifelike. Um, and yeah, Bernard says this is a problem, and I really bristled about Bernard or Ford says. I hope you'll indulge me. This one, I can't remember how exactly he words it. Mm Um, but he said exactly that on his quote unquote mistake in what episode one or two, um, you know, I hope you'll indulge me this one mistake. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, done so many things. Like, I just feel like he keeps going back to that trope and this is like, these are big things to overcome. They're not indulging in old man's whims. They're dangerous. They are secrets they are whatever like i really feel like if ford really just wanted these people to be around as like uh sentimentality that of course the owner of the park or the creator of the park could probably have a house of people he just goes and visits you know Mm -hmm. like but then people would know about it uh the fact that no one knows about it is incredibly strange to me
1: yeah i feel for some reason maybe he's trying to preserve them exactly as they are with no changes being made and no outside influence and I don't know he's just keeping them entirely for himself, which may speak to what you had referenced, which was that um, romantic or otherwise, maybe there was this great love between him and his partner Arnold and in addition to him being nostalgic of this childhood memory, he is being nostalgic of his partner of um, Arnold yeah. and the fact that he built them with his hands, and he doesn't want to share that with anybody else yeah. um I was also curious about what you thought he w- he meant when he said that Arnold told him that great artists always hide themselves in their work.
0: Yeah. I mean, it feels very close to home in the, like... Um... I mean, just, like, it's you know, what we know of Arnold's voice, but
1: right, like, I mean, that obviously sounds in the context of this scene, like just a lovely thing that said and it was based on Ford's family and Ford himself is I don't right. know, but like, in a literal sense, I feel like Arnold is hidden in every single one of the hosts created. Every, all of the ones that, that he had a hand in creating, which ultimately is all of them because his programming that allows them to have voice commands is still being That's used right. even in is the newer in hosts. So he's yeah. in everybody.
0: Which is probably how he's gotten into Maeve.
1: Yes, with a little help f- from Dolores.
0: Good old Dolores.
1: Yeah. Um. So we have this really quick scene where Stubbs is in the map room and... Size more pisses all over everything and is then introduced to Hale. Um, I did find interesting though that when Cullen is introducing her, she says um, she's here on behalf of Delos to oversee certain transitions in our administration.
0: Yeah, I highlighted that too.
1: You think they're over, they're like pushing for it out?
0: It definitely feels, I mean, all of these references to the board, unhappiness. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of corporate play that comes into this i think.
1: Mhm. Yeah. And do you get the impression that maybe Ford knows that? Like does this kind of feel like a last hurrah?
0: Yeah. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe me. i mean we've talked before certainly as to why now that this is like being prompted, you know, that he's suddenly forcing it through and maybe that is it. Maybe he's reading you know the tea leaves enough to know that if he doesn't do it now he'll never have the power to be able to do it. He's pushing it through incredibly quickly. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. Hmm. There's something as to what prompted the timeline, the start of it, you know? Uh, because he was, went so long without paying attention. Yes. Or caring, I guess. Maybe not, not paying attention, but.
1: Right. Um, sorry, before I know that I'm jumping back a scene, but it was the scene with like Ford's um host family that made me think of this. But remember when I had mentioned that um Dolores was in Pariah and she sees herself walking in that um parade, parade. And, yeah. Yes. And then there's a woman's voice. There's lots of, like, ambient noise, and there's whispering and whatever. But in addition to Ford's voice that can be heard saying, like, dreamless slumber, and then she collapses, right before that, there is an audible woman's voice that says, um, let me see if I can remember, are dead are never truly gone until they are forgotten? Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't have anything really kind of... <laughs> fleshed out on it except that i think that um we are getting the um we're getting tidbits that um i don't know that some of these hosts in addition to uh ford's family might be from uh from the past real people from right. the past that that would just made me um it made me think that there was more meaning in these little things that are being dropped here and there uh that could just be a throwaway but could be hinting at mysteries
0: yeah I I'm glad you raised that because I did find I I did have that point too that even not so much that scene but the fact that this is exposed that there's this whole family of from Ford's past here that um you know Dolores seems to have meaning like was drawn from a real human like how many of these hosts are based on real life and then Mm -hmm. what does that mean in terms of like the storyline um which if it isn't that bernard is arnold that is there another example of that like someone is we're seeing them both in their real life and as a host because they recreate all of these people all the time as hosts
1: right yes yeah. Um and then on another quick side note, I I my my initial thought um when you had suggested that perhaps that Dolores was based on a real person, I was thinking that it was like a loved one. Um but then it made me think that why would Ford have someone made in the image of someone that he loves relive a 24-hour lo- loop of rape and murder every night? Yeah, I thought uh, maybe she is an antagonist to him. Maybe she's someone who came between him and him and Arnold. Or I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the way he answers, "No, we weren't friends." I mean, you could read that as because we were lovers, or we were family, or something. We could exactly. also read that as as it's weird, right? Because if you were any of those things and they she said were we once friends that you might have been like yeah something like that you know you you may have Mm -hmm. given it a different response but the fact that he says no is very strange yeah um so yeah i know what you mean that's a really good point but I, there's something there as to who she is yes yeah
1: yeah i think so And then obviously she means a lot to Arnold, whether it's because she is a beloved creation that he put a lot of work into. I think that's less likely than he has, you know, uh, a real connection with her either as a host or as um, a recreation of an existing person. But those drawings in that book, uh, I think, really speak to a connection that Arnold had with her. And then, of course, if Bernard is, in fact, Arnold, there, we see that connection through all of their secret meetings. Yes. Um, so just very quickly after that um, scene with Cullen, we have Bernard, who's getting that the info off of the computer about the first gen hosts. So there were 82 first generation hosts, 47 of which were designed by Arnold. And then he gets a list of all of the first generation hosts that are still in rotation. And Dolores is one. There weren't any others that I recognized off the list I, yeah, I, mean, I think I that I Bart is and... one Bart the yeah. well endowed
0: oh. um
1: bad right. whiskey pourer right I think he was one
0: <laughs> uh, but nobody else uh, that I
1: recognized,
0: right. Um, so then we're back with the man in black and Teddy, the soldiers captured them after that last scene with them, and they're going to brand Teddy with the maze, um, as a branding iron. Um, so the man Um, in black is trying to talk. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Really quick side note. I was just going to mention that, like, given that the man in black had to, like, scalp and murder someone to get this design, it seems to be popping up everywhere now I was gonna it's on a table it's on a table yes yeah,
0: exactly it's i mean everywhere.
1: like he had to murder a guy and take <laughs> his head to get this thing he's still walking around with that scalp like off of his saddle and yeah i mean yeah, it this everywhere. shit is everywhere yeah, maybe right. it's the closer they get
0: yeah, or he's just been like, shit, that's the maze. I have been seeing that for years. It was like,
1: I really feel like that's what, like, Ford saw it on the table and was like, I know that from somewhere. <laughs> and then he goes and looks in the book and he's like, yep, yep, here it is.
0: Yeah, there like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cozy. don't know. Um, so, yeah, so the Men in Black is trying to talk them out of it and negotiate and these guys are not having any of it at all. Um they call Teddy a traitor and a killer, and there's a flashback again. So we're at that same scene we've seen before where Wyatt's um killing soldiers, but this time you get like Teddy is really violently shooting them too. Um mm-hmm. so he says he is a killer and he's gotten himself free actually at that time and the man in black's like great let's escape and teddy's like nope they're just gonna follow us so he shoots all of them yeah with a gatling gun um yeah so i just like at the end the man in black is like wow you think you know a person and he's like you don't know me at all um so big transition for teddy here
1: who is this person
0: so can I give, I did read this though, is that, can I give you one little piece of information that I read? Yes, Which please. Which maybe you saw this too. That, and this is like detailed, I would never have picked this up. In this scene, oh, I know Teddy what ha- say. Yeah. has a higher rank than Wyatt. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: So yeah, Teddy calls Wyatt his sergeant. Um, yeah. But then the the stripes on their jackets show Teddy to be the sergeant and Wyatt to be a corporal
0: yeah so he Mm,
1: mm, mm, ordered
0: mm. him to do these things is Teddy Wyatt and there is no Wyatt
1: if Teddy's Wyatt Wyatt, then who tied him to a tree
0: I know who is making the dinosaur noises I know that is definitely the most yeah biggest problem with this I have no idea
1: I don't know. I don't know either, but I don't. um, I mean, it's interesting that we haven't met Wyatt yet, except in these flashbacks. Um, Yeah,
0: seen him, anything, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. We'll keep an eye out for him. (laughs) 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 I assume he's going to be the one in the masks made – From the bones of his enemies, so just keep an eye out. Be easy to spot, yeah. Uh, yep. So, uh, Bernard gets a call from Elsie. So she says she's identified the satellite, and it's one of theirs. Um, so the bicameral system in the old host is what she thinks was used to back. to, uh, to hack the woodcutter. I'm sorry I'm laughing because I'm like, why do I get all the satellite scenes? I don't know what the fuck she's talking about.
0: <laughs> You're so good at re- recapping them. Eh?
1: <clears throat> Thank you. Um, uh, bicameral system. What the fuck is that?
0: Um, this is the older system I think that he's referring to as to why they were able to track their locations.
1: Right. But like, does that mean
0: anything that I should know? No, I really think it's just like, so maybe because everything means everything, but I really think here it's just the tech speak for that older piece of technology. So, okay. yeah.
1: Um. So this is where Elsie says that the voices that they're hearing, um, that the hosts have been hearing are being broadcasted. So that really kind of puts the whole consciousness discussion
0: in debate. Right.
1: Um. I Yeah, so I don't buy this 100%. That might be what Elsie is thinking, but...
0: Right. I think that that could very well be true, that it's like Elsie's just not realizing how deep this could really be.
1: Right. Maybe that's the aha moment that she had before she was grabbed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I think so that could she, definitely be it. For sure. So she says she found a relay to the old system in an abandoned theater, so she's going to go check that out. Alone at night. Into the band. Elsie,
0: oh. it's a terrible life choice, Elsie. Ugh, oh, you're uh. like the vulnerable white girl in every horror movie. Thanks, Elsie. Oh,
1: Elsie, yeah. terrible. So then, just a
0: quick scene with Ford um, meeting up with Minnie Ford and wanting to play catch with the dog, but that's not good because the dog's dead. Um, so we're gonna come back to that.
1: Yes. Yes. Um. Elsie finds the relay. We're going to come back yeah, to that. Yeah, the
0: creepiest theater building of all time.
1: Yeah. This was the moment where it was like, I, Elsie was like, um, I found a relay in an abandoned theater. And I just found some like random picture of all of my screenshots where there were chairs in a row in a way that kind of approximated oh a theater. And I was like, I've cracked it, Jess. This is it. It was not any of those things. So Colin's in her apartment when um, Bernard comes in. So she thinks that he's there to, like, rekindle the romance, but <laughs> he is not. Uh, he wants to talk to her about the anomalies that he found in the park, um, which, of course, are the Ford hosts. Um, so he's about to tell her what he discovered, Um And he starts to say that he's always trusted Ford, but he's beginning to think there's a reason for concern. And he thinks that there's something going on that could be related to Arnold. And then he gets multiple calls from Elsie and then finally picks up. And she tells him that Colin is the one who's smuggling data out of the park, but there's something bigger going on. So, Colin, I know, I thought
0: that too. Um,
1: I find that hard to buy too. I know. Um, I
0: think there's... There's some indicators, but I feel like they're almost like false pointers. Like...
1: Yes, I agree. There are some indicators. Yeah. Like the woodcutter. But I just like... The the facts... No, no. Exactly.
0: Exactly. She didn't let them investigate the woodcutter. But then I just... I don't buy it as to who she is. She's so forthright. She... I don't know. um, To be committing like corporate espionage, it just seems especially with everything else that's happening, this just seems all related to, e- e- like, itself as well. Um, in the sense that, like, all of these hosts suddenly having these, like, you know, very strange turns of affairs is not an accident. And so it feels like it's related to that, in which case I really don't think it's Cullen. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I Yeah, I 100% think that... Well, no, I shouldn't say 100%. I think that there is a strong chance that the show is misleading yeah. us in this.
0: Especially because we don't get Elsie's final aha moment revealed, right? So then who knows what was came there. And, I mean, she's basing all of this on, like, logins and things like that. I mean, very good coders would be able to fake all these things. So is she being framed? Possibly, but... Is it actually her? It seems unlikely. Um,
1: right, but I mean, like there are things. Um, like we already mentioned, it's the woodcutter specifically. I mean, the fact that Stubbs is the one who tells Elsie that it's Orion. Is he saying that to throw her off um, the track, or is that just a throw away? It's from a him? pretty risky play because then... how
0: would, as you know, she's not going to be like, no, Orion's belt has three stars like she could have just corrected him then.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I you're right. I'm I'm not I'm not super swayed on the the, idea, the yeah. Colin as the as the big bad. Um yeah, so that's kind of all there is for that moment because um he continues his phone call with Elsie uh, after he's alone. Sure, um, so yeah. I can just jump to that um to say that <clears throat> she says that Cullen was using the bicameral <laughs> system to reprogram the woodcutter again with this fucking thing. Um, But yeah, but she's not the only one. Someone else has been using the system in- to retask hosts for weeks now. Um, It's probably the older model because the new ones don't have receivers, but we have already discussed how we think that maybe the old hosts are the ones that are being initially contacted by Arnold or, you know, impacted by whatever's going on here. But we do think that there is the ability of the older hosts to, um, you know, due to um, the newer hosts what Dolores yeah. did to Maeve by saying the kind of the catchphrase whatever um, so she says that the modifications are really big like hosts going off of loops or changing loops the ability to lie and possibly the ability to hurt people Um, And as best as she can tell, the person who's doing all of that is, (laughs) dun-dun-dun, Arnold. Arnold. Um, So, are you, what are your thoughts? If Bernard, let's talk, let's talk about if Bernard is a host, and more than that, he's an Arnold host. Do you think Bernard is involved in this in some way? I just way?
0: feel like if that's the case, I feel like Bernard does not know he's Arnold. Um,
1: I definitely don't think. If he is Arnold, right. I don't think Right. So he then
0: it. he's going against all of his, like, instincts to be an employee of the park, to do all these things.
1: Um, but if he's a host, could he right. have his like, memory Right. Like, is there erased?
0: some sort of, yeah, maybe.
1: Like, is he doing these things in the dead of night and then he wakes up the next day or is there like another
0: arnold host who lives at the center of an actual maze and is doing this i have no idea i'm at this point i yeah again you're seeing someone's like
1: or is arnold like is arnold essentially living in the machine
0: I feel like this is like that bad Johnny Depp movie where he's like he becomes a computer over time. I mean, yeah, you're only seeing digital footprints, so what does that mean? Like, is this someone logging in as Arnold? Um, you know, like she's only see looking at the code. She says he's a prolific coder. Yeah. But what does that mean? Is it Ford acting as Arnold? Like, I I don't know.
1: But he says, okay, so if okay just let me talk this out for a minute it is so ridiculous probably but if all of Arnold's programming is still there underneath all of the updates intact you know what this is what Ford says to Dolores he is there Mm -hmm. under under all of the newer stuff fully intact and then we have um Arnold saying to Ford Uh, artists like hide themselves in their creations or whatever. And then I can't remember what the third point that I was just going to make was, but it was like just these little tidbits of things where it's like Arnold is literally hidden in the, in the software. Um, like, do you think that, that Arnold could literally be in the programming And no one is accessing this computer. It's just, like, making its own (laughs) choices.
0: I don't know. I find that... I don't know. I... Maybe, but...
1: I'm, like, I'm still thinking it through. And I really think that, like... I feel like that could be a thing. Okay, let's move on and I'll keep thinking about it.
0: Um, <laughs> This is like,
1: when you're like not on board, you're like...
0: Maybe. Uh, no, I mean, I see what you're saying for sure. And I think I, I've i thought it as well, like is this voice speaking to them it, like legit in the code and it's talking to them. But I think... I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's where the show is necessarily going. I feel like the show keeps pointing to that it has to be a person or a host. Like everything is based as either people or hosts. And maybe that is the big reveal that it's like they're just Arnold's just a bunch of code now. But it doesn't. I just don't believe that's where the show is taking us, Um, that there's like a different reveal behind it. Fair. But I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah. Fair but enough. I also, like, and I wonder, I mean, the fact that she's saying that there's broadcasting, is that maybe actually the case? And what seems like highly complicated programming is just, like, someone broadcasting to them? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It hurts my brain. More yeah. to
1: think about.
0: Though, what we really need is a little bit of a boost in our bulk apperception. perception. And then we will be smart. Oh, my God. Let's
1: let's bring right. it up to 20.
0: It looks like it's a pretty fun time. Because uh, I think Maeve's <laughs> pretty thrilled with her new brains. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Elsie's
1: going to bring Bernard the data. No, and, she's not. Um, no, she's not. Because she's going to get grabbed by Any someone. Any idea
0: who the someone is? Nah, me neither. No.
1: I just... I got the sense that it was someone bigger. sort of big. Yeah, I guess maybe it was just like from the angle. Yeah, of which she's like grabbed. I mean,
0: their, their elbows are up around her neck. She's not a huge person. She's very petite herself, so I don't think it would be hard to be bigger mm-hmm. than Elsie. But I know what you mean. Um,
1: yeah. So I definitely got. I mean, uh, with no real reason behind it other than that it seemed to be big. I, I immediately thought yes, it was a I man. Do. Um, but I couldn't think of a single man that we know of other than Stubbs. Um, I mean, Stubbs or Bernard, but they're the only two, I mean, could it be, it could be a host though. That's true. Yeah.
0: But I don't, I was thinking Stubbs too, but I, I mean, we didn't get any good enough look really for it to be decided. Yes. Yeah. Do you think Elsie's dead?
1: No. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. I mean, they, like, no one's been killed, right? A lot of death in this show from hosts, but no people yes. have died. Um, so if they want to up the, like... But that would be a big deal to have a death in the park, right? I mean, that would probably shut down the park. So...
1: I don't feel like – I don't feel that we're going to have a death yet. I feel like if there's any – Wow. I was just going to say, like, I really don't think that Teresa, that Cullen is involved in in this aspect, as we already discussed. But I do think that there is something going on behind the surface at the board level. Like, in a very early conversation between Cullen and Sizemore, they talked about the fact that board had grander plans for this park than just, you know, letting sure, cowboys yeah. get the rocks off. Um, so especially with the interactions between Cullen and the board in this episode and the speaking of the change to administration and whatever. I, like, I think that there's something bubbling under the surface that y- even Bernard and Ford would not be yeah. in the know about. So I don't know if maybe Elsie is stumbling upon something that... um, Maybe it has... So it obviously has something to do with, I think, the the park itself, and it feels like it's related to the Arnold thing in this, you know, sentience and whatever. But in addition to that, uh, to all of the mystery that's going on with the purpose and meaning of the park at all, I also think that there is more mystery that's going on that's kind of more corporate.
0: Yeah, and that they're, yeah, true.
1: Um. So, I don't know. Are we? I guess that doesn't really answer the question, except to say that I don't think that we're gonna dead, see Elsie yeah. dead immediately. Because th- if she were dead, then it would maybe draw um, questions.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I really th- on, exactly on the it park. Would, and, it would have huge implications yeah. that I don't think we're quite ready to see play out. I think that's a very good point. For sure. So I think the only thing left is uh, Maeve's decision to change her entire personality <laughs> through Felix yes. and Sylvester. So um, we get a really interesting kind of breakdown as to like how they decide on those personality settings and what the park will and won't give to hosts. Um, they obviously don't make them too smart because that's obviously a terrible decision to keep them in line. Um, Maeve is a manager, right. so she has probably like the best settings, really. Uh,
1: yeah, they said that it was like for intelligence that 14 out of 20 That's was right. the highest any the host is yeah. allowed to have.
0: Um, so they say that they're not able to change them, but Maeve quickly calls their bluff on that as to like obviously they have a lot of workarounds, so she. Asks to have some changes done at the end in the final scene. Um, She's reducing her loyalty and her pain threshold for obvious reasons. And that's when they discover that someone... Some of her traits have already been changed um, by someone in an unlogged sex um, session. So her paranoia has gone up and her self-preservation obviously these are two things that we've seen come into play since her behavior changed after the violence delight violent delights phrase. So I don't think we know what that is, but I would say this is all related to the conversation we just had.
1: Um, Yeah. And so initially, like before, before I did the rewatch and uh, um, caught the unlogged session, because I didn't really catch that the first time I was I was thinking that her attributes might have changed as a result of the violent delights, have violent ends conversation, that simply by having this communicated and therefore waking up this part of her, it changed her attributes in itself. But that's obviously not the case. Like, someone has literally gone in and upped her paranoia.
0: But what if it's herself? Like, I don't know if that does write off that idea.
1: You don't think because that's well, that's because that's um, my initial thought was that maybe this is. um, Yeah, it's simply like her inner workings adjusting themselves with this new, um, I don't know, waking up is the only thing that I can kind of think of to call it that resulted from this this uh, catchphrase This meaning phrase that Dolores tells her. I guess just
0: like if that phrase opens up Arnold's programming to be able to come in and alter it, then. Oh, except
1: Maeve has had that session with um, Elsie since then where Elsie where they upped her aggressiveness and then Elsie brought it back down and gave her more intuitiveness and whatever. That happened after the Violent Delights. Yeah, because she
0: started acting strangely. Because they weren't seeing in another section, because obviously, like, they kind of reference how this unlogged se- section is in a different place. Um, like, they never mentioned paranoia or self-preservation. That the, those had changed at any point during that alteration piece, you know?
1: Right. So, I mean, like, if we were to look at it really literally, then... Could there have been changes from the time that they looked at it and saw that she had, like, high courage and loyalty and a 14 on intelligence? I mean, how many minutes passed? Like, there isn't somebody literally in another room who's, like, fucking with (laughs) me. I don't think
0: so. But I wonder if it's – maybe this is hidden. I mean, the guys almost didn't catch it, too. I don't know. But – Yeah, I feel like her paranoia and self-preservation are the two things that have allowed her to wake up, that because she is so paranoid and focused on survival, that that's the case. Um,
1: So if that
0: is the case,
1: then um, do you feel that Dolores, with Arnold's voice in her head, is acting more paranoid? Yes. Um, Yeah?
0: Yeah, I think if that's the... I think that's how it's coming agree. And now they've made her incredibly intelligent. So she's a super, super smart. That was a stupid move, Felix. Yeah, that's not going to be a problem.
1: Um, uh, Yeah, it is going to be a a real problem. Um, Speaking of Dolores, on a really quick side note, when we were talking last week about her unraveling and like literally pulling this thread out of her arm i don't i didn't think that the thread looked like this device and i looked um the device that came out of the woodcutter i mean um when you had suggested it and when i watched it a second time i still don't think that the thread itself looks like the device but we do know that she do we know that she has one of those because she's a first generation host
0: but those things aren't supposed to be in them anyway Right? Like, those satellite uplinks are not supposed to be there. Like, they have these older navigation systems in them that they're leveraging. But the fact that that thing is in the woodcutter's arm is a problem, right? Because that's why Elsie pulls it out. And she's like, what the fuck is this?
1: Okay, got it. That was not related to this scene, but it <laughs> popped in my brain. And so I said. But I it. do
0: still think that that was that thing. So we shall see if. how that all plays together. Yes.
1: Yes okay and then really last thing i think we already talked about it um, for the most part but ford has his conversation with minnie ford in the office where he's trying to get to the bottom of what happened to jock the dog and at first um minnie ford uh robert lies to him and says that um that well i guess that the dog just died i can't remember how um but uh ford goes into analysis and asks if he was lying and yes he was in fact robert the little boy killed the dog um because arnold the voice in his head told him that the dog was a killer and although it was not his fault he was made that way he would be helping him by killing him so that he would never hurt anything else da, da, da. yeah so um Although we know that hosts can hurt other hosts, um, Robert, the little boy, should not have been able to lie to Ford.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, I thought Ford's response to this underwhelming, considering he's just been told by himself that Arnold's in his head talking to him.
1: Um, Yeah, unless he's not surprised.
0: True. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also was wondering if... Well, just if it relates to, um, like, you know, Ford said that he altered his family to be more realistic. Does that mean that the dog was not always violent? And he added that, knowing that the dog was violent in Ford's actual history. And so Arnold's unhappy that he pushed his hosts back closer towards, like, human attributes, which are flawed and problematic. And Arnold had made these very beautiful, kind of perfect hosts.
1: But I think that um I think that Ford would see like beauty in their flaws. I
0: agree. But is Arnold like upset about the fact that he gave the dog back these flaws, which is that the dog can kill another animal?
1: Oh and Ar- Arnold, yes, Arnold developed sorry.
0: them as like being much more altruistic and well behaved and I don't
1: think I that just doesn't feel like it makes sense to me,
0: but you like we know that he designed them not as they are, right? And Ford over time has changed them back to be more realistic.
1: Yes, and then that he is says true. too,
0: like about creating them and like you're putting yourself in them. I don't know. I just I feel like this is part of where they split. Is that Arnold, like was like we can fix human error in hosts. We can make them better and do the things that we wish they would do. And Ford's like, no, no, the errors and the problems are what make them who they are, and what shape our experiences today. And so him shaping his like family back, Arnold's like, well, what the hell are you doing? Now the dog can kill other animals, and now the dog has to be stopped. I don't know. Maybe I'm Way off base, but
1: no, I really think that you you're touching on something there for sure. I mean, definitely we know that Ford embraces mistakes, and he thinks that there's um, beauty in flaws. And um, Arnold is the one who is arguing towards consciousness, and maybe that's related, right? That he feels like um, if you can create this perfect being that yes. has um, has consciousness, but also is free of all of the um, human. Um, flaws and um, I don't know baser traits then he is creating the perfect life form yeah I mean I think that 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 could make sense we shall see
0: yes we shall a couple of episodes for sure they have to wrap at least some of this mystery up so yeah agreed okay
1: um so i think that's it for uh for this week lots to talk <laughs> about even when we were like this one's more straightforward yeah. and without the timelines we are yeah. good to go but still lots to talk about and there will be more Absolutely. next week
0: so yes thank you everyone for sticking with us a reminder we would love if you'd leave us some feedback on our website com slash feedback on twitter and facebook and if you want to leave us a rating or review that would be Appreciate it as we help get our podcast better known. So thank you, Kim, for another excellent Westworld discussion.
1: Thanks, Jeff, And thanks, everybody. And we'll
0: talk next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.